You are now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Hey everybody, welcome to Sound of Sanity. I'm Nathan, I'm your humble and obedient host. It's Benny's the preacher, who's the teacher of sanity. Hello. Oh, and it's Jake. Oh, what? Uh, he's mad? Oh, dude, did we do something? He's throwing his headphones. Wow. He's walking out the door. He's closing it. He's doing all this very silently. Mm-hmm. Like he is... Sign language expression of rage. Right. And, and he wants it to be as, like, as, as much like a slam as possible, mm-hmm. but he's, he, he's also like right before he reaches the latch, he's stopping mm-hmm. it and then mm-hmm. closing the door, but then he opens it up again to kind of glare through. Wow. And there he goes. He's stalking off. Was this mime day for Jake? Jake's oh, mime day. You're right. We should never record on mime day. That's like the first rule. The first rule of Fight Club is don't uh, talk about Fight Club. The first rule of Sound of Sanity is don't record on Jake's mime day. Uh, man, he gets so into it. Whatever. I guess today was ang- I'm angry at you guys. We're having a relational breakdown. So yeah, that's right. He told that us was that. a really good mime. That was it, Jake. Well, he has the weekly mime day, and it's it's really started after this many years. It's paid off. It's finally starting to pay off. Yeah. yeah. You remember those early days of Mime Day? It's like, what is this guy? <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, is, is, is he in a circle? No, he's in a box. He was trying to be in a box, but not couldn't, even, couldn't even do that. Nope. Well, Mime Day, yeah. That's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. Why a someone whose primary job is to plant a church and be a pastor would commit to three days of Mime Day a week? That's not what we're here to litigate. That's all I'll no. say. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Okay. It's podcast day for you and me. Talk day. Talk day. Yeah. We're actually wearing blindfolds so that we can't see mm-hmm. because we only want to experience things through voice and auditory. Mm-hmm. Now, how did we see Jake? That's a plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> that is a plot hole. I was going to point it out. All right. Well, sometimes improv things break down. Sometimes they do. Yep. I mean, if we were just here to do improv, then we'd come up with the next thing to explain that. But we're not here to do that. We're here Mm-mm. to talk about why we do a different podcast, actually. Ah. And this is actually, I, we might as well say this is in response to our good friend Gunny. Yep. I, think, I think we, <laughs> you and Jake decided to nickname him that in a previous episode. Yep. And I promise we're not just going to do a bunch of Gunny response episodes, but well, why shouldn't we when Gunny, Gunny's a thoughtful mm-hmm gentleman or lady I won't, I won't say which one he is yeah but gunny likes to have thoughts and we like to respond to them when we think that they'll make interesting episodes so how would you sum up gunny's problem well gunny's problem the name of this episode i guess mm-hmm. i guess so is that well we're, spider-man is our is our case study because it was a specific subject right. of this conversation as i understand it between you two is that he just didn't feel that interested in listening to an episode where we tear Spider-Man No Way Home to bits. Right. Because he already knows what Spider-Man is. He knows what Marvel is. And he knows that he's going to set his expectations at the proper place, which is, I'm guessing, fair, relatively low, mm-hmm. and just have the best time that he can and get all the Spider-Man enjoyment he can out of the movie. It's not that enjoyable for him to listen to us take it apart. The other thing he said is... 
so much, so much of this kind of feels subjective and it's frustrating for me, Gunny, when I'm listening sometimes that I can't mm-hmm. talk back. And I've heard people say this about right. our podcast in particular, just podcasts in general. Mm-hmm. You know, you say such and such is true in a way that makes it sound like an objective value statement, mm-hmm. but actually that's just your opinion. And I, I you know, I could, I, I get frustrated because I can't just say like, well, actually this. And I get that. I mean, just to deal with that real quick. Fair enough. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes it's frustrating to listen to conversations that you can't be a part of and to feel like the hosts or whoever are going in a different direction. Right. Than, or, or just not considering something mm-hmm. that, that, that you're considering. That you're considering. Mm-hmm. And if, we have, if, if you're a listener that ever feels that way, I would encourage you to write in because we're always, we may not always deal with it on mic, but we're always interested to hear your takes mm-hmm. and, and the things that you think we missed. And we do miss things and that's fine. So the way that I might, there's so many different ways to talk about this, but let me just say what I look for in criticism. And I've read a lot of criticism. It's, it's, it's actually an enjoyable form for me. Like I just, mm-hmm. I like the form of criticism. I think it's something that's its own art form. It can be done really well. It can be more fun than the thing that it's. <laughs> for sure. In fact, it mostly is. Like for me at this point, call me a, a, a cyn- cynical, washed-up person, but I- I'm so over modern Hollywood stuff that talking about Star Wars is actually more fun than watching it. Oftentimes, and I'm always hoping that that won't be the case. But with Star Wars and mm-hmm. Marvel in particular, it's like, yeah, sixty f- percent of the fun is just coming up with theories, and mm-hmm. it's a little bit like you know, I'm not a sports guy, but Jake's a sports guy, and I know sports guys, and it's like talking about the statistics and the personalities and all that that's that's, mm-hmm. that's like more fun than actually sitting down and watching a game on monday night or whatever who's got yeah, nobody got time for that um, <laughs> i don't know if that's really true but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> speaking of someone who's married to a sports right a sports woman yes but i do i know what you mean so what do i look for in criticism uh, maybe maybe you can help answer this question. What do you? Because I think you yeah. agree. Like you've spent some of your time in mm-hmm. life, like reading critics and just enjoying. It's true. I mean, for for years, I've been reading movie reviews. Yeah, and reading people I thought were better than me at criticizing movies. By which I mean seeing into them, seeing what they mean, evaluating them, and giving them you know the four star rating or the zero star rating. People people who do that, and they're like, man, this movie's awesome, or they're like. This movie's terrible, and they give you reasons why. Right, and I've always found that interesting and wished I was good at it. I think I'm better now than when I began. Right, but what I what I what I looked for was particularly, at least from from some point on, what I wanted was moral judgment. Mm-hmm. I believed art was deeply moral, by which I don't mean. <laughs> that art that art is morally good in and of itself. What I mean is, all art has moral a moral mm-hmm. component right. to it, and it, it's it's teaching you something. It's one way or another. Even if the people who made it just wanted to make a stupid popcorn movie, and they didn't want any themes, they didn't want any values, they didn't want right. a point or a message. But they were certainly bringing their beliefs about god in the universe and yeah. men and women and yeah, everything that's right. to their popcorn that's, movie that's right and that doesn't mean everything is as serious as everything else some things are just fun there's a limited amount you can say <laughs> about their truth value right but but the the more serious a filmmaker you are often the more that you're trying to say 
and everything has something in it that's moral. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think you can get away from like even mm-hmm. the cat in the hat. There's an anarchic spirit to the cat in the hat. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. a certain kind of nihilism in Dr. Seuss. The fact that this <laughs> cat <laughs> just shows up and causes ha- havoc. Uh-huh. There's a certain kind of judgmentalism towards authority towards structure that the Uh fish is always like mad at the cat for Mm -hmm. i mean there's all kinds of things that dr seuss is bringing to cat in the hat whether he means to or not right and dick uh, dick and jane see spot run same thing i mean it's why people have moved away from those primers it's because they don't actually like the world of bifurcated masculinity and femininity and kids playing yeah. with dogs and stuff. They don't like the world that Dick and Jane and Spot live in. They find it offensive, actually. They, yeah. They want a different world. Yeah. For Sp- with Spider-Man, you have, with great power comes great responsibility. Right. Okay. That is a moral statement about the world that's embedded into the character and his creation and everything he does. And every movie about him is going to play with that, even if it doesn't have that line in the script. It's a moral statement about the universe. Oh, and Spider-Man is, he is a popcorn character, right? He's just this silly comic book creation. But one reason, of course, that we like that silly comic book creation is that it has that moral value in it. Right. That's actually a big part of what makes Spider-Man fun. Yeah, exactly. It's not just the fact that he can swing around buildings. It's the fact that you're playing in a very bubblegum kind of way. You're playing with the heaviness of adult responsibility and how you're supposed to deal with that. Right. Great power comes great responsibility. Well, that's what Spider-Man movies are. They just play with that in a kind of a silly, fun way. Usually, you've got that built in. And so, you've got this stuff built into, let's be particular, movies. Right. This is in movies. It's good to treat these things as intentional because it's not possible to avoid dealing with, on some level, the morality of what you see, what comes through your eyeballs. It affects you because you're made in the image of God mm-hmm. and you're made to think about the universe and to make judgments, moral judgments on yourself and others and on people's behavior. And movies give you an opportunity to do that. They feed you all these images and ideas, characters and motivations. And you're really not going to think about the morality of what's happening at all. No, I think that you are, and maybe you won't think about it consciously. Maybe you'll just absorb it unconsciously. Just don't deny that we're moral creatures. Mm -hmm. God made us in his image, and we can't get away from making judgments. And the people who made those movies, guess what? They're humans too. Right. They're made in the image of God, and, and they're also moral creatures. And so, art is always suffused. Mm -hmm. Ah, That's a great word, isn't it? suffused with morality mm-hmm. it's full of it's full of stuff like that and let's 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 have the space to think and talk about what those things are what kinds of things are we absorbing uncritically from our culture that's a big reason that this show sound of sanity exists sure what's going on around us that makes us feel crazy or that ought to make us feel crazy that we mm-hmm. don't feel crazy about what's going on in these movies that makes us feel crazy or <laughs> that ought to make us feel crazy but we haven't been thinking about it. And to be fair to Gunny, I'm sure he wouldn't disagree with anything that you've said. No, I don't think so. I, I, he knows that there's moral content to these things and that it's sure. worth yeah. speaking of. Yeah, what yeah, what yeah. he might say is, okay, but I get it about Spider-Man and you don't need to beat the dead horse. And okay, fair enough. There's a reason I want to beat that dead horse. And it's because 
everybody saw it. I mean, there, it, was there a more important thing that happened to us as a culture than Spider-Man Far From, what was it called? <laughs> no Way, no way home. home. No Way Home last year. Was there, I mean, not everybody kept up with the freedom convoys in Canada. Not everybody lived in the same place that had the same COVID restrictions. Uh-huh. Not everybody was in the same churches. Not everybody was dealing with the same struggles with masculinity and femininity, but pretty much everybody saw Spider-Man. I mean, I know I'm being a little hyperbolic here, but I'm being hyperbolic to make a point. What Spider-Man had to say, and the things that it did to our hearts, is enormously important. I don't know of a topic more worthy of a two-hour podcast or three-hour podcast than Spider-Man. And that's not hyperbole, actually. Mm -hmm. I, I genuinely believe that. Now, it turns out it's easy to produce podcasts about movies and there's all kinds of them. There's a lot of noise in that sector and a lot of it is from immature people or from people who are paid by the entertainment industry to just create fluff and to waste time. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go on YouTube and find a million like first reactions to Spider-Man and they're all junk. But that doesn't mean that Christians shouldn't be occupying that space and having something to say. It's enormously important what we Mm -hmm. say about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Because it really does affect us. It really is tuning our hearts in a dire- in a direction. Mm-hmm. And it might be a good direction. It might be a bad direction. We're not here. You can listen to us talk about Spider-Man for four hours if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. But, but I just can't think of anything that's a more worthy subject. It really has a big effect on who we are, how we think about ourselves. The kinds of stories that we tell ourselves are just, they're so important to forming our character. Yeah, I I mean, I think one principle that's very uncomfortable for most people, and I remember feeling discomfort with this because I indicated I liked to read movie criticism, at least at some point, maybe starting in my teenage years. But I, like many people, like if you you listen to certain music or something at at the right point in your life, it becomes very important to you. If someone criticizes it, it, it feels personal. Right. Same can be true of a movie, a book, a story. And I remember feeling acutely sensitive to that kind of thing. Like Lord of the Rings was my thing as a kid, my favorite. And the idea that it might not be the greatest work of literature ever, as I came to understand that there was, you know, a canon of literature and like Lord of the Rings wasn't really in it. If you talk to most scholars, Mm -hmm. I was very, I felt very insecure about that and just took it very personally. What I, what I want to say about that is as we get older and specifically, I mean, as we grow out of being kids Kids get, to, kids get to like things. They have a limited ability to think about them and be critical. What am I taking in? Mm-hmm. Your parents are supposed to help them with that, supposed to help train them, teach them discernment, supposed to guard them from stuff that'll corrupt them. But, but, as you, as you, but, but as kids grow out of that, they need to realize what I came to realize over the years as, I, as it took me a long time to mature over my 20s and stuff, which is there's nothing that I have a simple right to like mm-hmm. in, in the realm of art. There's yeah. nothing. There's nothing at all. There may be many things I like, and it may be good or bad that I like them, but that's just it. It's good or bad that I like them, or it's, you know, relatively good or relatively bad because everything that we take in has to be judged on Mm -hmm. some level. And again, I'm not trying to say that a pop song you like deserves the same criticism, the the same level of weight and serious attention as theological treats uh, yeah 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 it's not it's not like i i don't know there's 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 different weight you should give to different things but i don't think we can take anything as neutral and i think i think it's all of our temptation to just want to enjoy things and take them neutrally when the when the the fact of the matter is we are we're christians 
We want our lives to honor God. We want the way that we enjoy things to honor God. Right. And that means that we have to have some some moral judgments or some moral instincts or have some help making those. Well, and I think a lot of people will consign movies to the category of, let's just not, let's not prop up Spider-Man. Let's not make it into something that's bigger than it should be, you know, what you were mm-hmm. just saying. And I, I sort of get that, mm-hmm. but right. I also sort of don't. Like, I'm actually more comfortable doing that with a pop song. It's two minutes, and oftentimes your brain doesn't even absorb the lyrics. No, very Um, often. And we could argue about whether your soul is absorbing the lyrics even when your brain isn't. We could still still talk about pop songs, but that's not what we're here to do today. Mm -hmm. A movie is so religious, especially when you see it in a theater. Mm -hmm. You are giving yourself to a ceremony of music and light mm-hmm. and powerfully persuasive emotional stuff for two hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is like going to church or something like that. You are putting on your clothes. You are getting your best girl or your best guy. Mm-hmm. You're getting your favorite treats. You're sitting down. Mm-hmm. They are turning out the lights. They are controlling the temperature mm-hmm. and they are just feeding, bypassing your brain often and feeding your heart for two hours and I don't care if it's a goofy comedy or a superhero thing or whatever. It's enormously right. important what they're doing during those two hours. It's not just, I mean, even a book, people are so bad at reading these days that I feel like it almost protects them a little bit from bad books because hmm. they're just not absorbing like they should be. But again, not here to litigate songs, not here to litigate books. I'm just talking about movies. Like the, the question of what Spider Man had to say is an enormously important one because millions of people went and had a quasi-religious experience with it. And that's just, it's just. Yeah. And I think that um, any franchise that billions of dollars have gone into by way of powerful producers in Hollywood and Disney in particular and Marvel is, is going to embody something of the zeitgeist yeah and the idea of the zeitgeist is important zeitgeist is a german word people throw around means spirit of the age Mm -hmm. well just having the idea in your in your brain hey there's something as such as a spirit of the age there's tendencies right there's big tendencies in in our in our society there are big messages that are going to get passed around these are not gospel friendly messages these are not messages submitted to scripture well if they're not then we should know about them And we should judge them and we should understand the morality of them because we're Christians and we have a responsibility to guard ourselves from lies and tell the truth to one another and tell the truth to our neighbors. So, if that's important to us, then surely we can can acknowledge that the messages that are coming through these movies should be important to us to know and care about on some level. And by the way, again, I think we're speaking more broadly than just addressing Gunny right now. We are. Gunny would for sure agree with all yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah. Um I just think we we need to think discerningly about this stuff and and see it for what it is and see the larger spirit of the age in it. And one of the most fun and instructive ways to do that, I think, is actually to engage with someone else's subjective opinion. And that's what I mm-hmm. I don't think I ever ever really said what I love about the best of criticism. The best criticism that I love is someone who is smarter than me ideally more godly than me and has a broader frame of reference than I do. And hmm. 
I've had a chemical reaction. Like my chemicals have been combined with the movie's chemicals and something happened. A new chemical was produced. Now let's see what happens when this godly person with a broader frame of reference has the has a reaction with this movie what kind of react what will it look like will it be the same as mine will it be different will their intuitions mm-hmm. run in the same direction will they run in the opposite direction and particularly if they can be articulate about it even articulate about subjectively how they felt mm-hmm. that can help me towards an objective truth actually mm-hmm. It's like you might not know why your dad doesn't like this person, but as a kid, keying off the fact of, oh, I can recognize when my dad likes someone and when they don't. And my dad didn't tell me why, but I know that when he shook that person's hand, he didn't like them. And Mm -hmm. so that actually helps me towards thinking critically about that person. And if my dad in the car on the way home from whatever can articulate to me what it was that he found threatening about that mm-hmm. person, that can be even more helpful. Yeah. And so, so that's what I love about good critics. And I'm not saying that we always nail it every time, but that's the idea. The idea is that we, we've thought more about, we should have thought, probably thought more about this than you, are, you have. Mm-hmm. Hopefully have a godlier frame of reference than you do. Not bragging, I'm just saying that's, that's the goal of if you're going to listen to us. Right. And have seen more movies and thought more about movies and how they work. And so you just being able mm-hmm. to observe for two hours, this is, this is the chemical reaction that happened when Nathan or Ben or Jake, and because you know us, because you have something of a relationship with us, you can account for some of the idiosync things. I, I, idiosyncrasies. I, idiosyncrasies. Yeah. yeah, I said it right. Your, your dad might just not like people with pimples, and you can, you can account for that as you account for your dad's reaction. Yeah, I mean, I, Nathan, you, you may have heard him talk about this before. If you listen to Sanity at the Movies at all, he loves Roger Ebert. Re- has read a lot of Roger Ebert's criticism. Right. I've I read a lot of a, a guy named Walter Chaw. You can find him on the internet. I don't really recommend Walter Chaw because he's particularly foul mm-hmm. and anti-Christian. And Ebert, obviously, no Christian. No, no, not at all. So, but But these pagan guys, there is one thing that they have that often Christians don't. And, and it's, it's, it's a shame when you find these, these pagan men having this in greater measure than Christians, and that is a, a properly calibrated sense of moral outrage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And at, at certain times for certain things, and now, now a lot of the times their judgments about things are backwards, simply backwards, even reprehensible. Right. And grotesque, because they hate God. Right. They're not submitted to his rule. But... There are things that they see, <laughs> the uh, things about the morality of a, of a given movie that are actually accurate, and they're willing to say things, and they have a certain vehemence mm-hmm. when they say them, as though it really matters that this movie is fundamentally lying or fundamentally evil right. in this one point, that I, most Christians would never say, would never bring up. Right. Because they don't even think it's such a serious matter for a film to lie or do evil, or they think... It shouldn't be taken seriously enough that you would get to the point of anger mm-hmm. at a movie. And that's to the credit of, of these pagan film critics. Well, and it's helpful, I think, that it's their job that they have to see everything. You actually want people in a position where it's like, no matter what, I'm going to have to see it. I'm going to have to sit down as part of my day job and just watch this next thing. Because 
it actually, I think it actually sharpens their sense of moral outrage mm-hmm. because it's like, really, you just wasted my time with this fascist nonsense or with this mm-hmm. whatever it is, really? You know, you or I, we can be more selective or the average, you know, pedestrian can be more selective and they've heard their friends say, oh yeah, this is good. So they watch it, whatever. But but if someone who's just going to have to watch everything begins to see the formulas, be able to stand outside of it a little bit and have some perspective and also just have real thankfulness when something does something interesting or original hmm. or fun or yeah. life affirming. and despise even more the things that just suck your life away or that morally Mm -hmm. degrade you because they have to just wade into that filth all the time and it's actually hard for them yeah yeah and that's (laughs) that's handy for us that there are canaries in the mine shaft on the other hand (laughs) (laughs) if you were caring for these men's souls you would tell them Stopping film critics because yeah, yeah. it's not right for you to live your life in the sewer like that. Those yeah. <laughs> films, yeah, are yeah, foul. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. Uh, not trying to argue otherwise, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I've just always liked it when people have real, uh, not extreme, but just like I don't know. It's fun to me that somebody would feel strongly about Spider Man. I'd much rather listen to a podcast. I I don't. I, I understand some people. It's just like, it, it, it feels so much like they identify. I mean, like, like I think you said at the beginning of the podcast, people got really angry that we didn't just love certain aspects of Winnie the Pooh or of Chronicles of Narnia. For me, when the shoe's on the other foot, I think I can say this without being a hypocrite. I, I actually enjoy watching somebody bring a battering ram at my favorite thing. Because if it's really good, they won't be able to bash the walls Mm -hmm. in and come through and if they're articulate about it if they're smart about it if they're godly about it even if they're wrong it can still give me a new angle it can make me think harder about well okay why do i actually think c.s lewis is right here just sort of blithely accepting i like c.s lewis isn't nearly as fun or instructive or edifying as having people say "Eh, have you thought about this and mm-hmm. then having to come back and say, yes, I have. Yep. So that's what I hope to give people with this is, I don't care if you like Dune. Dune's fine. Whatever. Like Dune. That's great. But I mean, I'm sorry if this sounds self-aggrandizing. I suppose maybe it is. But don't, don't you like having somebody not like Dune? Isn't that kind of refreshing to have somebody just question it? And, th- and then you can come back and figure out why you really like Dune, why you really like all that jerk Denny villain news movies but (laughs) do you really want me to just like denny villeneuve like you like denny villeneuve like isn't it just more fun isn't the world a more colorful interesting place if i don't like denny villeneuve no (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) if you can trust me if you can trust me if, if, if i'm just a hater if i just hate everything then i don't know why you'd bother and maybe that's the characterization that some people have of our stuff but if you know that i'm a moral man if you know that I like a lot of things. If you know that I like a lot of good things, and mm-hmm. then for some reason, Denny Villeneuve just doesn't do it for me, then that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And if I can articulate that in an interesting way, yeah. then that can help you figure out why Denny Villeneuve does do it for you, and we can both be better for the experience. And if I can push it a little bit into self-parody and have some fun with it, so much the better. Which is why sometimes we pile, we're like, Ugh, Dune, the worst. 
we didn't think Dune was the worst. I, I, Jake actually, I think, did think Dune was the worst, but yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You know, <laughs> nothing really wrong with it. It was good, but it wasn't as good as everybody wanted it to be. <laughs> it wasn't as good as we wanted it to be. And that's interesting. I don't know. I just, uh, uh, I think we're worth engaging with. Yeah. And arguing down. Yeah. If you really liked that Spider Man movie, I'd like to hear why. I mean, so, so much of what I get from people, we just got, we got a letter from a young man not too long ago who was defending Avengers Endgame. He just listened to our podcast on Avengers Endgame and he was talking about why we were wrong in our criticisms. And most of his counter arguments boiled down to, but I really like it. And, and that's not good enough. That's not good enough. Mm -hmm. He needs something better than that. And if it's not us, that's fine, but he should be listening to and feeding from sources that help him do better than that. And I hope if he wants to like Avengers Endgame, that's fine. But again, his arguments for Avengers Endgame should be perfected in the furnace of mm -hmm. Avengers Endgame criticism. Yeah. If you're going to like it, you should deal with the stuff that seems stupid about it. And, and personally, I've just always enjoyed that kind of thing and appreciated it. But I don't know, maybe Gunny or some of our other listeners will want to push back and say, this is why I actually don't like you guys. And I'd, and I'd, <laughs> and I'd actually like to hear that because we're, we're fighting, we're, we're boxing a ghost a little bit here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we just wanted to articulate some general principles of criticism and why it's valuable. Yep. But that may not capture actual objections of people who don't like sanity of the movies. Well, notice, by the way, what I did. We, we, we started by doing some objective, here's what criticism is, here's what it should do. And then I gave you my subjective feelings about what I look for in, a criti in criticism mm -hmm. and, and how it makes me feel and how I sort of interact with criticism. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't just me, I hope, wasting your time, giving a feeling that you may or may not share. It was me helping push you towards what's objective by giving you my best most well-articulated subjective mm -hmm. opinion on the matter. Mm -hmm. You can say, I trust Nathan or I don't trust Nathan, but either way, I know Nathan looks for X and finds it in this way and gets excited and impassioned about it here. Now, do I agree with that? Do I not agree with that? Does Nathan actually exemplify that in his criticism or does he not? These are all things that you can begin to get at because you heard me speak subjectively mm -hmm. about something yeah so there's value in just articulating your feelings sometimes as you work towards truth there's value in hearing another person's well articulated feelings particularly if that person is smarter than you or ahead of you on something or just godly or whatever so mm -hmm. hope that helps hope it helps gunny i'm sure would agree with all of this so let him not feel like we were at <laughs> Gunny, don't you understand that we should think critically about things? Because <laughs> Gunny does <laughs> understand that. <laughs> Any uh, other thoughts, Ben? No other thoughts. All right. General thoughts. What do you call it when the opposite of reporting for duty? <laughs> relieved. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what people say. Signing off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really. It's a different context, but sure. uh, I mean, general thoughts. I don't, we, we shouldn't really order him around anyway. <laughs> he's, he's the general. <laughs> so, general thoughts. You do what you want. <laughs> you tell us what to do. Well, 
there. That's why we do Sanity at the Movies and some of our critical shows. And yeah, okay. And if, if you want to give us a thumbs up for stars, then do it with your wallet by going to patreon.com forward slash sign of sanity to support this show. Until next time, stay sane. Stay sane.